feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. Hey all you voodoos and voodolls and all you voodies in between, it's your host, Nick Nobody Savage. And as promised, this is our very first mini-sode. Before we get into this mini-sode, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we looked at A Litany of Hate, The Columbine High School Massacre, um, where we talked about, you know... Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold and uh, the fucked up shit that they did because they felt like they got picked on. Nobody liked them. Anyway, uh, you know, coming a couple days off of that episode, so it's, uh, you know, not like a lot has happened since then. Did learn a valuable life lesson, though, um, the other day. Apparently, cars need gasoline in them to function. Yeah, no, I uh, was driving to work on the freeway the other day, and probably the worst place possible to break down. Uh, it's uh, on I-5, if anybody's familiar, and it's like literally just this these two lanes, and it's this like this bridge that goes over this farm lane. They call it the bypass or the causeway or whatever. Yeah, I'm on that, just cruising along, almost to work, and then all of a sudden. It just starts, like, my car just starts, dis, like, decelerating. And I'm, like, pumping on the gas and nothing's fucking happening. And I'm just freaking the fuck out. So I hit my emergency flashers. I start to get over. And then I get all the way over. And it's, like, this very, very, very thin shoulder. And so I've got my flashers on. And I'm just sitting in the car freaking the fuck out. And I'm, like, super pissed off because I just had to get this. I just got this car, like, two months ago. And so in my head, I'm instantly going, oh, God. You know, like, did I buy a fucking lemon did the guy rip me off is there something wrong with the car am i gonna have to pay for this i can't afford this right now like all of the all of the thoughts that run through your head in that kind of a situation and then so i'm sitting there i call work let them know you know call my fiance let her know and uh then i'm uh you know one of those uh freeway tow trucks that you know like just cruises up and down trying to you know find people that need help comes up gets me off the freeway Never got to ride on the back of a tow truck before. That was kind of cool. And uh, so, yeah, so basically, I get off the, he gets me off the freeway, drops me behind this gas station, and, you know, I call, first thing I do is, like, I call my mom, and I'm just like, hey, you know, does AAA apply specifically to your car, or, you know, because, like, I never told him I changed my car. And she's like, nah, AAA, just like, it's it's for you. Like, whatever car you're driving, you're good. And I was like, all right, cool. So I was literally about to call AAA. She was like, well, let me figure out where we're going to take it first. And, you know, my mom always wants to take cars to the dealership. I get it. It's the dealership. It's trusted. It's blah, 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 you know, but it's also expensive. Like, very, very, very expensive. And I don't have that kind of money. I don't have dealership money. If I had dealership money, I would have gone to the dealership to buy a car. See where I'm going with that? Anywho, so literally trying to figure out where we're going to take the car. 
And then I'm on the phone with my fiance, and she she goes, well, you know, because I had mentioned that I was low on gas, because it, it said I had 33 miles left to go until empty when my car died. So she goes, well, maybe you just ran out of gas. Like, what if your fuel sensor's off? Like, you just ran out of gas. Did you even think to try that? My dumbass had not thought to try that. So... Go over to the gas station, buy a gas can, put a couple gallons of gas in it, go to the car, put the gas in the car, which also I feel like an idiot because I'm sitting there and I've got the gas can in the fucking car, you know, and I'm like sitting there and it's just like very slowly like draining, just like bloop, 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 bloop. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, did I put it in wrong? Like, you know, like is the... The little nozzle on wrong or something. So I try readjusting it. Still doing the same. Try readjusting it again. Still doing the same thing. Eventually I get down to like most of the gas can is in. And I'm just so frustrated with how slow it's going. That I'm just like fuck it. Let me just see if this works. I I go to put the gas can away. Oh yeah. The car starts by the way. Pretty much instantly. And uh, yeah. I felt real smart at that point. And then I felt even smarter when I went to put the gas can in my trunk. And as I'm going to close it up, I take the nozzle off and realize that there was this little red plastic cap that I had kept in there with the nozzle. So the gas couldn't flow around it. Not my brightest moment, you know. So yeah, in case you were wondering, those uh, those fuel sensors on your car... Might not be the most reliable way to know if you're running low on gas. Lesson learned. And on that note, I think I need to get high. Alright, well since it's just a mini-sode, I didn't stock up on anything special for it. But I promise next week's episode will have something new. Something other than paper planes. Not that I don't love paper planes. I'm just sure you guys would love to hear something other than paper planes. But yeah, today I've got some paper planes, and uh, actually I do have a, a, a main stage cart, uh, full gram, live resin, Alien OG. We partnered up with main stage to fill some of their carts for them, so keep an eye out for those coming out soon. If, if you go to the main stage dispensary here in Sacramento, or there's a new one up in Davis. So yeah, I have some strawberry culotta from paper planes. Uh, a mystery thing from paper planes, it's just some stuff from the lab that we kind of scraped into a jar and I don't really know what it is but it's delicious and then I actually do have some flour again today uh because I promised I would pack a bowl of the uh the lost in translation litfarms.com cherry cheesecake so I've got some of that packed in the bowl already uh, I learned my lesson from last time and decided that messing around with a childproof bag on the air is probably not the best way to do that And then that way I've already got it packed, ready to go. Just spark it and smoke it and yeah. Yeah, let me just uh, hit this main stage cart real quick. Super tasty. I do kind of wish that the carts would give you a little bit of a bigger hit. You know, I feel like with these carts I have to sit there and hit them and hit them and hit them to get a good cloud off of them. That was one of the things I do liked about or did like about the the paper plane C-cell carts. Is if you have a C-cell cart partnered with a C-cell battery... He sells sea cells by the seashore. Yeah. Anyway, but if you have a sea cell cart partnered with a sea cell battery, you just get fucking clouds. Like the shit rips. 
So, got a little spoiled by that. So, I do like AVD's design. It's just they don't provide that good of a hit, in my opinion. I think I'm just going to dab some of this strawberry culotta. Maybe sprinkle some of the mystery stuff on it. Because the mystery stuff's kind of like a powdery substance. I don't mean like cocaine. I just mean like powdery as in like it dried up and disintegrated. <coughs> Alrighty. So, as you've probably figured out by now, you are listening to Dab to Death. And as I said earlier, I am your host, Nick Nobody Savage. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about probably one of the most gangster teams in the history of hockey. And, like, I'm not a big hockey fan, and this isn't normally the kind of story I would do here on the podcast, but when I came across um, this show on Netflix called Untold Crimes and Penalties... Um, and it basically, you know, I watched it and told me the story. Uh, it was actually the trailer that caught my attention and I've kind of, uh, modified the trailer a little bit. So it's a little shorter. And so I hopefully don't get hit with copyright, but, uh, here's, here's a little bit of a, a, a teaser of what to expect from this story. A gentleman by the name of Jimmy Galante bought his 17 year old son, his own hockey team. <laughs> Jimmy was the real Tony Soprano. We were the bad boys of hockey. It was a gangster mentality. They're going at it. We dominated. I consider the team a family. I didn't have to be a rocket scientist to assume that something bad was going to happen. So you can see why I was instantly uh, interested in this. <clears throat> so let's get into this story. Now, this is probably one of, like I mentioned, one of the most gangster hockey teams ever. And I never really knew that a hockey team could be gangster. But this one definitely was. Mob ties and a reputation for being one of the most violent teams in the UHL, that's the United Hockey League, were what grabbed my attention when I first saw the description for the episode of Untold, Crimes and Penalties, on Netflix. The show tells the story of James Jimmy Galante, his son AJ, and the Danbury Trashers, the minor league hockey team that Jimmy purchased for him when he was 17 years old. Now the best part about this story is that despite all of the controversy surrounding the Galante family and the team, the Danbury Trashers were good while they stood for everything that was bad. Like, they were actually a pretty talented team. Like, they put together one of the the hardest-hitting hockey teams, literally and figuratively. Um, part, of the, part of AJ's strategy is he would basically, if he heard about a player that got in a lot of fights or had a lot of penalties, like, he was like, I want the guy with the most penalties that season. I want him on my team. You know, oh, he gets into fights a lot. I want him on my team. This guy's a badass. I want him on my team, you know? And so like that, that honestly is a pretty, pretty interesting tactic. And it really did pan out for them. Uh, you know, it gained them a lot of attention, not always in a good way, but it gained them a very loyal fan base and it actually almost got them championship titles. So it would have been interesting to see what we could have seen out of the Danbury Trashers had 
the story not gone the way it did. So, let's get into that. It has been said that The Sopranos was based on the life of James Jimmy Galanti. In the Netflix docuseries, there's even a scene that shows a picture of The Sopranos stars autographed by James Gandolfini to Galanti, addressing him as the real Tony Soprano. And there is definitely good reason for this. James Galanti once ran AWD, Automated Waste Disposal, which holds the waste disposal contracts for most of Connecticut and Westchester County in New York, and had known ties with the Genovese crime family, one of the five families that runs organized crime as part of the American Mafia. So, like I said, definitely gangster as fuck. However, Galanzi was also very community-oriented and was always giving back using his ill-gotten gains. He made large donations to build a new football stadium at New Fairfield High School, as well as a pediatric emergency department at Danbury Hospital. Now, sometime in 1987, Jimmy's son AJ was born. I couldn't really find an exact birth date. It's kind of weird. But growing up, AJ fell in love with the kids' movie, The Mighty Ducks. Me too, AJ. Me too. Actually, I really did love that movie. Um, I was kind of bigger on Angels in the Outfield, though. So, like I said, AJ fell in love with the kids' movie, The Mighty Ducks, which follows the story of Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez, so dreamy, who leads a ragtag youth hockey team to win the title. His love for hockey grew as he got older, much to his father's disappointment, and he became the captain of his school's team. Yeah, his father didn't, his father wanted him to play like football or like, you know, what he considered a real sport. But AJ loved hockey, so he wanted to play hockey. So since this is a mini-sode, I'm gonna take another smoke break real quick. I think I'm gonna try the uh, cherry cheesecake. Sounds pretty good. Uh, I've been excited to try it for a while now. I've been holding off until I recorded so I could give you my first impression you know as far as like the looks of it goes it's a very beautiful light colored frosty nug um super dense crystallization on it Mm, it's got like a nice light smell Hmm. you can almost smell cherry like i said i've already got it here in the bowl in my volkswagen van steamroller from canabox Use the link in the episode description for 10% off your first purchase. <coughs> mm. That's nice. See, with the with the preferred gardens, like I don't know what it was, but like the second I hit it, I just like choked. Maybe it's also because I hadn't smoked flour in a while. And you know, that might have had something to do with it. But I just feel like this has like a really nice, smooth taste, and like like the smoke is nice and cool and smooth and so actually yeah the uh, lit farms lost in translation cherry cheesecake if you have a chance to find it i would highly recommend it that's that is delicious all right let's get back into it so the danbury trashers are born after suffering a devastating injury and being told that he would never play hockey again aj's world was absolutely destroyed One day at school, he notices that everyone is looking at him and talking about him. One of his teachers came up to congratulate him on 
what was going on, so he asked exactly, what is going on? That's when he finds out that his father, Jimmy, had purchased the franchising rights for a minor league UHL team called the Danbury Trashers for $500,000, and that he had named his 17-year-old son as the president and general manager of the team. Kind of a dream come true for a 17-year-old kid who loves hockey and can't play anymore, if you ask me. So, like, definitely winning points for being a dope dad, you know? Now, AJ wasn't exactly sure what he was doing when he first started out building the team, but he knew that he wanted to combine his love for hockey with his love for professional wrestling. He wanted to create one hell of a show, and he needed the baddest players in the game to do it. This is what I was talking about earlier, where he was just like, get the biggest and the baddest. Now, the Trashers were definitely the bad boys of the UHL. AJ signed players who had reputations for being especially violent or who had the bad boy image that he was trying to build for the team. Two of these players were Brad Wingfield, who had previously set a UHL record for penalty minutes, and Ruman, the Nigerian nightmare, Nadur. He also managed to sign such talented UHL players as Jim Duhart and NHL players Brent Gretzky and Michael Rupp. In their first season, the Trashers set a league record for penalty minutes. The season saw two full-on brawls and several player suspensions, including that of Ruman Endor after he started a fight with a player on the other team after one of their guys had broken Brad Wingfield's leg. Kind of an eye-for-an-eye scenario. The league commissioner absolutely hated it, but the fans absolutely loved it, and the Danbury Trashers gained a loyal fan base, the most diehard of which were the fans in Section 102. Like, these people basically bled Danbury Trashers. Like, they loved it. Which, honestly, like I said, I saw this story and I fell in love with it too, so I can kind of see why. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, there's something kind of like about the villain role in here where it's like, yeah, we're the bad guys, but you love it. You love us for it, you know? And there's just something about that. He's like kind of pointing out like a good part of like society. We're like obsessed with the villains almost, you know? Anyway, despite their violent record, the Trashers placed second in their division They were eliminated by the Muskegon Fury, who went on to win the Colonial Cup. In their second, and sadly final, season, they made it to the championships, where unfortunately they lost to the Kalamazoo Wings. Uh, Jimmy is also arrested during this game for assaulting one of the officials. So, the Galantes were not above getting involved in the fights themselves. Like, these guys just didn't give a fuck. I love it. So, unbeknownst to Jimmy and AJ, the FBI had been investigating Jimmy and his ties to the Genovese family, and had even been using the Trasher games as an opportunity to use undercover agents to gather information. Yeah, basically, these guys would just come up to AJ and Jimmy during the games and be like, Oh, hey, what's up? I I love your guys' team. This is great. What else do you guys do? Do you uh, happen to launder money for the, the mafia? No? No? Darned. I'm just going to go back to my nachos now. I'm sure that's not exactly how it went, but it was probably close. So, in 2006, federal agents raided AWD's offices in Danbury and Galanti's home in New Fairfield, 
Eventually, Jimmy Galante was arrested and charged with 93 counts on the indictment, including racketeering, extortion, mail and wire fraud, witness tampering, tax fraud, and conspiracy charges. Like I said, this guy does kind of sound like, you know, he might be the real Tony Soprano. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Alright, I think it's time for another dad break. (laughs) And also, if you haven't watched Untold Crimes and Penalties on Netflix yet, I believe it's still up there. I would highly recommend you check it out. Because the characters alone make this shit worth it. Like the there's this one guy, he was like AJ's like high school hockey coach or something. And I guess one time he's like he's talking about he's like, Did I body check a fucking twelve year old? Hell yeah, I did. He goes, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Like this guy is hilarious. Like just watch it for him alone, honestly, if if you're really trying to see something funny. That guy was great. He was the one that did like the evil laugh in the little sound clip. Yeah, I that's really what made me watch it was him. I saw him and I was like, this is this is interesting. You ever get a song stuck in your head and it just won't go away? It happens a lot more now that like TikTok's around and shit, but like there's certain songs from like when I was a kid, you know, that like I just can't get out of my fucking head sometimes. There's that, uh, do, 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 If you don't know what that's from, you're too young. Just thought I'd share that with you. Hopefully it gets stuck in your head, too. I just don't want to suffer alone anymore. Oh. Also, if you're looking for a, uh interesting horror movie a little strange but i don't i don't know i didn't really like hate it but i didn't really love it either uh so there if you have hbo max there is a a new movie streaming on there called antlers and uh i don't want to give too much away but basically there's uh you know what just just go watch it yeah i don't i really don't want to give anything away um I'm going to let you piece it together on your own like I did. <coughs> it gets a little, <coughs> you think it gets a little predictable, but then all of a sudden it just takes a left turn and you're just like, what the fuck is that thing? You'll see. Um, so yeah, check that out if, you, if you're looking for a good horror movie. Well, a, a horror movie. If you're looking for a horror movie. <coughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Now, if you're looking for a good horror movie, I recommend The Terrifier. Really creepy clown character. If you're scared of clowns, it'll be especially good for you. Kind of, you know, it's 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 on the, the, the lower end but of the budget spectrum, but it, I think they do a really great job with what they had, and the gore effects are on point. I love it. Um, so, yeah, check out The Terrifier. Anyway. We're almost done with the story, I promise. After his father's arrest, AJ had no choice but to disband the Danbury Trashers and release the players. Which, have I mentioned just how overpaid these players were? The per-team salary cap in the UHL is set at $250,000. The Trashers' total salary was $750,000, most of which was paid to them under the table. 
Now, in June of 2006, James Galante and 28 other people were indicted for defrauding the United Hockey League. In 2008, Jimmy Galante changed his plea of not guilty and admitted to defrauding the IRS. He never admitted to any of the other charges, though, and served seven years in a federal prison. <clears throat> That's also some pretty gangster shit. Like, he, they had him on hell of shit, and then all of a sudden he's just like, nah, man, I just, like... I just, I just, I just messed up on my taxes, defrauded the IRS. I just lied a little bit, man. And then they're just like, oh, okay, here's seven years in a federal prison, which federal prison, come on. Jimmy Galante was released in 2014 and has since just been enjoying life. AJ stepped away from hockey and into the world of boxing. He now even owns his own gym. His net worth is valued at about $500,000 which actually seems kind of small compared to his father's net worth of $3 million. So even after going to prison for seven years, Jimmy Galante is still a millionaire. So it's kind of one of those stories where the bad guy wins a little bit. Well, that was the story of the Danbury Trashers. Like I said, I didn't go super in-depth, but it was just kind of a crazy story, and I wanted to share it with you. Let me know what you guys thought of the episode, you can leave a comment or send an email to feedback at or just message me on any of the social medias at dabtodeath. Unless you're on Instagram, then it's at dabtodeathpodcast. Be sure to tune in Thursday at 6 a.m. We've got Charles Manson Part 1, Helter Skelter and Homicide. Until then, be careful out there. You never know when you may get dabbed to death.